0: isn't God good? I just, I'm just just reminded that you know we can plan our ways, but God directs our path. And I think one of the things that I love about how he moves is regardless of what we plan in a service or regardless of what preparation you put in a sermon, he's going to have his way. And I love when he just shows up and he's able to meet us where we're at. And I just want to encourage you that um, if, you've, if you ever feel led to to come and and lay yourself at the altar. And the altar doesn't have to just be up here. It can be where you're sitting. It's it's not the location that matters. But don't be afraid to just give everything over to God. Just don't be afraid to let those guards down, because the more that we let down, the more He's wanting to come in. He's not He's not trying to hide somewhere. It says, Seek and you'll find. So if we're pressing after Him, if we're looking for Him, we're gonna find Him. Amen? So that's one of the things that we're talking about this morning, is just kind of following on with the concept of being a disciple. Um, and so the two things that we're going to break open this morning are, we, we talked about a little while ago about what a student is, but now we're going to be talking about a learner and a follower. Does, any, does anybody know, or you might, you, might, you don't have to admit to this, to being this kind of person, but do you know somebody that learns the hard way? <laughs> I know a couple of people that... <laughs> You know, and it always frustrates me to no end. I don't understand why people would want to learn the hard way of anything. The hard, w- the hard way always seems just so, so frustrating. I'd rather probably just go and sit down and learn something easily. Um, but we all know somebody that probably learns the hard way, right? Um, so when, when I was in university, I had all sorts of different jobs. I was a lifeguard for a little while. Um, I worked with kids in uh, special needs capacity. I did all sorts of things. But one of the jobs that I really enjoyed was um, I was a talk show DJ so it was a Christian radio station that I was talk show DJ. So I would, I would be the DJ for the people, and they would come in, and I didn't do any, I didn't like mix it up, you know, I didn't do any of that in the middle of it. I just, you know, turned them on and turned them off when they were done, and, and so it was pretty easy. Um, but I would run these live radio shows. And so I was in university, and I had the Saturday morning shift. So th- that already is a problem, right? Saturday morning shift and a university student. So they didn't go well together. And so one Saturday morning, um, something happened to my alarm clock. And by something happening to my alarm clock, I mean I didn't set it. So it just, it just wasn't there, and, and it didn't go off because I didn't set it. And so I had a phone call um, ten minutes after the program that I was supposed to have already been there, had supposed to have started. I got a phone call from the guy who his, he was paying a lot of money for, you know, it was, it's expensive to try and get one of those slots. And he gave me a call, and he said, hi. And I said... <laughs> Uh-oh, you know, I, so right away I knew I was in kind of in trouble in that regard. Needless to say, I probably broke some speed limits and some road rules trying to get to work that morning. But I learned my lesson the hard way that morning. I think probably a lot of university students can, rec- um, can rec- recognize what that lesson is and have learned that lesson as well. But that's something that we're going to talk about today is learning and what a learner is. Um, and hopefully that we can avoid learning the hard way of some things. Um, just to give you a quick overview of where we have been. Two weeks ago, we talked about a disciple is a student, and we broke open what, what first we broke open what the word disciple even means. So the disciple in the Greek comes from the Greek word methetes, and it means a student, or maybe we can replace that word with an apprentice if we want, because there's probably some people that can really reconcile and understand what an apprentice is. Um, so a disciple is a student, a committed learner, and a follower, so we're going to break open those two things today, a committed learner and a follower. But just to recap, we looked at what a student was, and a student, what it literally means is to apply yourself to something. So a student is to apply yourself. We looked a little bit deeper, and the word comes from painstaking application. So and that, that was a challenge to me to say, am I being a student of the way of the Lord? Am I painstakingly applying myself to being a student of Jesus? And that was a challenge to me. And then um, we had... The major theme was a disciple is not about what you do or what you know or a class that you attend, but it's more about who we are. And that we want to reconcile, we want to identify with being called a disciple even more so than a Christian. Because a Christian is a follower of Christ, but a disciple is also a student and a learner. So it's to do with identity as well. Um, and then Bruce Billington spoke last week. He spoke on the way of the Lord, knowing that we need to embrace the way of the Lord before we start trying to bring his truth to a situation. Can you imagine trying to bring his truth to a situation without his way? Jesus loves you. You know, like that's not even embracing the love of Jesus as we bring that truth. So we have the way of the Lord. We can bring his truth. And if we use the way of the Lord to bring his truth, it's going to produce life. And then I love this statement that he made. He said, he talked about Jesus' invitation to us to bring transformation to this world, transformation to this world as we extend the kingdom of God. And this happens through the journey of discipleship. So I think that's the name of the game, right? It's change. It's transformation. And that's going to be a central theme that we want to hopefully leave with you all and hopefully that you're encouraged by that through discipleship, transformation happens. Um, One example I wanted to read out just really quickly Um, did anybody see, we, we mentioned it last week, but you know, the letter and the leader that they wrote, um, about, uh, the photos that Matt Nava took. Yes. I thought it was awesome. But if we're talking about transformation and being a disciple, they put a lot of hard work into that. But I just want to read out the last part of it. She said, I would like to send a heartfelt thank you to Christian fellowship, upper hut. You have provided us with not only beautiful pictures of our children, but a reminder that generosity and kindness, kindness exists. Thank you. How powerful is that? And if we're talking transformation, that's transforming mindsets about who the church is, what we're about, and what we do. So we just want to honor Matt and Ava again for that. But also, they're part of us, and so that's part of what we're about. And that's what I would like to suggest, that discipleship is about applying ourselves to make that transformation happen. Amen? Okay. Um, Bruce, the last thing that I wanted to highlight that Bruce mentioned, he said, I love the metaphor that he uses. That we're in a game. The game is life, right? And so the whole goal is that if we want to play in the game of life, we need to do the training that's needed for it. So if if you picture a marathon runner, a marathon runner is going to run some laps before he tries to do a marathon. I I think my brother's here, but he ran a marathon, um, and I was there to support him. And the last mile, so the marathon's what, 26.2 miles or something like that? The last mile, I ran with him to support him. But it supported him, but not anyone else that was running with him. I, um, I had sandals on just because was, it was just low-key. And so you can see, if you go to the website, because they took photos of all these people running a marathon, you see me, and I'm like happy as anything running the last mile of this marathon with all these people, and they're in the last mile of their marathon. Needless to say, I didn't train for that last mile, um, but people weren't very happy that I was in there. But if you can just picture what a marathon is and how much training is needed to participate in that. And Bruce, he just went into the fact that God's not going to disqualify you. You're not going to lose your salvation or anything like that. That's not what we're talking about. But being able to play in the game and do the things that he's called us to do, we want to engage this journey of discipleship. I wanted to read out a quote before we jumped into what a learner is. Um, It's by C.S. Lewis. He says, don't judge a man by where he is because you don't know how far he's come. I thought that was such a powerful reminder, at least for me. So when we're looking at a discipleship, it's, there's not condemnation in the game. And it's not looking at your neighbors. It's not looking at the elders. It's not looking at whoever you watch on TV that's Christian. It just let's examine ourselves and see where we're at in this journey of discipleship. Because none of us know where each party has come from. So I was, many of you probably know, I was a trainer. Um, so I, I trained insurance, which is a pretty boring topic, I think. Um, but we tried to make it as fun as possible. But I was a trainer in a really large insurance company in the United States. And so I would train some of our new hires. And they had um, they had university degrees, so they thought they were pretty smart, some of them. And uh, I had them for two months, which you would think is a long time. And I tried to equate how much money I was spending sometimes with a group of 20 new hires that were getting paid some $40,000 a year or something. There was a lot of money that we were investing into our training. But the very first hurdle that I had to overcome was that my trainees... And you've probably had this before. Have you ever gone to a training or something and just been like, oh, you know, it's, let me get through this. And then whenever I get to the real job, I'm going to learn what it really is. You know, or when somebody tries to tell you about something and you just kind of shut off and you're like, I'll learn it for myself. And so that was one of the biggest problems that I had is that when folks would come in, they're like, oh, you know, you could tell the mindset was there but they started realizing how much information we were going over and that how much we expected them to know almost immediately. They started paying attention like day two or three, people were zoned in and ready to go. But one of the things that I would like to suggest is that we want to make sure that we can have a mindset of what that is in regards to what discipleship looks like. It can be so easy that we're not paying attention to the, drain, the training that God is sending our way, and we're like, oh, I'm going to learn this later. I don't think this is of value. The concepts were really layered in what I was teaching the folks, meaning like if they missed even one day, we could actually fire them, and we tried not to. We did everything we could to get around that, because if you missed one day of training, there was so much that you missed, we, we possibly couldn't catch you up on that. We would do things from tests every day. We would do role plays, and I probably enjoyed doing the role plays too much because I got to be a really angry customer, Um, and I probably did it too well as well, you know, and so they were always really impressed with how angry of a customer I could really pretend to be, and so I had a lot of fun with it, and they did too. They had a lot of fun, but they were going to be using every single little thing that I was training them for. And I always loved when people would come back to me and say, Jesse, I didn't have any idea how much we were going to use every single little thing that you were going over. And they would always say, I can't believe this this worked. It did exactly how you said it was going to do. Or this conversation went perfectly because we practiced it so many times. Deuteronomy 5, verse 1. Moses summoned all of Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the rules that I speak in your hearing today. And you shall learn them and be careful to do them. And you shall learn them and be careful to do them. So, so the second thing that we're talking about is a disciple is a committed learner. So that word in Deuteronomy, the word lured or lamad in the Hebrew, I love the definition of this. It means to train or learn, to be instructed or to be trained. And this is the part that I love the most. So it's to be trained with the implication that your training is going to be put to use. I thought that was, that was so cool to see. So just as the trainees in my class had to overcome the challenge that they felt like, oh, this is just another training, this is just another something that I'm going to get through, and eventually I'm going, to, I'm going to go learn the job when I'm really there. They had to realize, they didn't realize the training was of value to them. But it is so important that we recognize that every situation we find ourselves in, God is training us up for future situations that we're going to need today's training to navigate. So i just say that one more time because it's so important. It's so important that we recognize that every situation we find ourselves, be it big or small, God is training us up for future situations that we're going to need today's training to navigate. So we're going to be putting the things that we're learning to use. That's what is even in the word learn. Learn isn't just to get some information, but it's getting information because you're going to be putting that information to use very soon. God's not wasteful at all. From the small things to the big things, we're in training in him every day in the way of the Lord and what that looks like. So we need to engage fully now in the role plays that he's sending our way, even if you don't like that, you know, Jesse guy who's giving you an aggressive role play and he's being a bad customer, so that we're prepared for when the real things come and that we're learning the lessons that God is sending our way. Another metaphor if we want to use, let's not learn the hard way. Let's not forget to set our alarm clocks and be prepared for the things that God is sending our way. If you, the loss of a loved one, did you, there can be some hard wake-up calls that we get. Did you say everything that you wanted to say to the loved one? I think a disciple is somebody that's prepared and is receiving the training that God is giving us to prepare us for the things that happen tomorrow or later on today. God's already equipping us for those things. So in the same way in this passage in Deuteronomy, Moses is instructing the people to learn the statutes of God right alongside with what is the command to do them as well. We're going to be using what we're learning so the mandate is for them to be trained up in the way of the Lord and not just to have the knowledge of what it is because we're going to put it to use. Paul, if we stay in this theme of um, athletic training or our marathon running, Paul also highlights this in Timothy. 1 Timothy 4, eight. he says, For while well, bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way. And I love this, this last part as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Our athletes in here, we've talked about it, know what's what's needed to to train for a marathon. But I would like to suggest that we are just as dedicated as a marathon runner in the sense that we want to be aware of what God's training us for. And what he's training us for is very unique and different for each and every one of us, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But I love the definition of what, so we looked at the Greek, Disciple means student, committed learner, and follower. So if we look at even the word committed for a second, it means wholeheartedly dedicated. So a committed learner is this. One who is wholeheartedly dedicated to being trained with the implication that that learning or training is going to be put to use. The more trained we are, the better we can make decisions and do the things that God has called us to do in him. Every single one of us is a learner. We always learn. We learn what time service starts, and if it starts at 10.15, what time are we going to turn up next week? Maybe 10.25, right? And so we, we learn patterns. We study behaviors. On your way to work, do you know where the worst places are Or in the, in the morning? You know, you know where that roundabout where just people are going to get blocked up or that light where their traffic is going to be way backed up? We all study patterns. I know, I mean, I'm a big one for patterns. Here it's kind of hard because there's not as many roads. You just have your main road out there and you just have to go down and it is what it is, right? Um, Or Wellington, I guess you could catch the train if you don't like that. But even then, that can get stopped and you have to catch the bus the rest of the way. But we're always learning. And we're going to come back to that point as well. But I want to suggest that as disciples, we want to be committed learners of the way of the Lord. As we wholeheartedly dedicate ourselves to learning the way... We want to learn his patterns, God's patterns, so we can avoid the annoying traffic lights or the unnecessary delays or obstacles that come at us in life. Embracing our identity as disciples opens up a new sphere of effectiveness for engaging and expanding the kingdom of God. This is a final point in regards to what a learner is. It's, it's important that we recognize how we learn as well. So there's, there's all sorts of studies on how we learn but there's, there's a major one that's used in a lot of different areas. There's four different ways that we learn. We have our visual learners. We have our auditory learners. We have our read-write learners. And we have our kinesthetic learners. Now, I don't want you to try and remember that because one of the reasons we're doing a discipleship workshop is we want to give an opportunity for everyone to come and jump into this a little bit more. But I'll just go over them very briefly. So a visual learner is folks that see in pictures, diagrams, charts, graphs, they'll do a lot better with a PowerPoint. Our auditory learners will do really well in here. You know, it's a lecture, it's teaching, so you just need to hear something, you listen to tapes. Our kinesthetic learners, which I'm a big fan of, is me, um, we have to physically do something to learn it, Um, So, and you want to actually engage in it. So real-life examples, practical things, that's what helps us learn. And then you have our read-write folks, so you're going to be learning the best if you take copious amounts of notes and reading a lot of things. So that's a read-write learner. The only reason why I bring that up, it's so important that we know how we learn so that we can maximize our and our learning to be a learner, which is part of a disciple of Jesus. The final thing of what a disciple is, is a follower. And that's what Christian means, right? Christian is a follower of Jesus. So there's two definitions of a follower. The first is a devotee of a particular person, cause or activity, and the second one, is a person who moves or travels behind someone or something. So we have a lot of devotees in our world today. Um, We have a lot of people that want to know a lot. So celebrities, for whatever reason, they're famous. People want to know everything they can about them. They want to know what they're wearing. They want to know what they're doing. They want to know what they eat for breakfast. They want to know what they're wearing when they go to sleep. They want to know where are they going on vacation because they want to do those things. Kevin Durant, I love basketball. I know David Prez is in here with me basketball we might be the only ones but Kevin Durant was the MVP of the NBA last year and and Yodi I won't count out Yodi either but Kevin Durant was the MVP of the NBA last year he's the most valuable player he gets I think he had an 85 million dollar contract to play basketball do you know how much he gets aside from basketball a year 14 million dollars in endorsement contracts I was thinking to myself, why does he get so much money? Why does he get so much? He, he has Nike. He has um, another sports th- um, brand. He has all sorts of different skull candy, which is headphones. He has all sorts of endorsements. And so I thought, why does he have all these endorsements? Because he has a lot of followers, and I can prove it. So do we know what Twitter is? Twitter is, is it's a social media forum where you can put 140 characters, and you get a tweet anything that you want. You can send a picture, you can send a little word of wisdom, whatever you want. He has 8.35 million followers on Twitter. So why does he have all these endorsement deals? He has a lot of people that are following him that want to know more about him, that want to know what he's doing, that want to know everything they can about him. People are longing to follow someone. The person that has the most Twitter followers isn't Bruce Billington, it's Katy Perry. She has 58.6 million followers on Twitter. 58.6 million people in our world want to know everything there is to know about Katy Perry. What she's wearing, where she's going to eat, and where she's, where she's going. People follow those they want to know everything about. As followers of Jesus, how much do we know about him? We follow the one who is never going to lead us astray. We need to be devotees of him. Rekindle our desire to find everything we can about him and the way of the Lord. And this is my second. So that was the first one. A follower is a devotee of someone. The second one is someone that moves behind or travels behind something or someone. So the second definition, I love this. This is one of my favorite Bible verses. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. It says, it is the Lord who goes before you. The Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I don't know about you, but I am so encouraged that I have the King of Kings who's already gone before me in the way that I'm walking. I just picture, you know, there's some pretty gnarly viewpoints of who Jesus is in the Bible. There's chariots of fire, there's lambs and lion heads and all sorts of things and eyes all over bodies. That's pretty intimidating. I'm pretty happy that's going before me wherever I've gone because I know that wherever I'm walking, that's already been conquered by Jesus and that I'm just walking in the victory that he's already laid for me and that is exciting. So a follower is such an exciting thing to be. Another picture if you need is um, I have a shadow at home and his name is Archer. It doesn't matter where dad goes. Archer is going to be there. It doesn't matter if I go to the restroom, if I go to outside, and he's going to be banging at the door. What are you doing, Dad? He wants to know what Dad's doing. He's going to follow Dad wherever he goes. In the same way, we already have somebody that's gone before us, and we want to be following in his way. I love this verse. Um, Our task is to be a follower of him, but the verse is John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The way of the Lord is already paved. So we just need to follow in that way. The more time we spend with him, the better we can follow. John five nineteen says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that son does likewise. We don't want to be doing anything that our father isn't doing. And we need to be following to see what he's doing. We want to follow in the way that he's already made before us. And Jesus' promise is this. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Following Jesus and his way is a call to action. You know, studying and learning can kind of be done seated and you're just learning about something, you're studying something. But when Jesus says, follow him, he's saying, get up off your seat. And immediately they left their fishing nets and they followed him. Being a follower is a call to action. It's also a call to personal relationship. The disciples that dropped their nets right away, what did they do? They ate with. They slept in the same room. They did everything together. So that's what Jesus is also calling us to as well. And, and this personal relationship looks different for each of us, just as we're all unique. So that's what a disciple is. It's a student. It's a committed learner and a follower. So what? Why should we be a disciple? What, is this, what does this even mean? Like wh- what? It's great that we know what it is. So there's just two major points that I want to revisit. Of why we would want to engage in this in this um, process of being a disciple, because it kind of sounds like hard work. The first one is that we're all disciples, and Bruce mentioned this last week. We're just following off. We're all disciples of something, in some form or fashion, anyway. And what I mean by that is we're all engaged in change, one way or the other. None of us stay the same. So we're all in this process of transformation. We're all becoming something, regardless of what it is that we're becoming. We're becoming something. If you sit on your couch long enough, you will become a couch potato. If you are watching enough TV, you're going to become an expert at those TV shows. If you are a rugby fanatic, you're going to get better at rugby. You're, well, I mean, maybe you won't get better playing rugby, but you know, you'll, you'll get better at the facts surrounding the rugby. We're all transforming into something. If you spend your time thinking about negative things eventually you're going to be transformed into those negative things. If you're viewing inappropriate things, eventually your character is going to be transformed into the negative things that you're looking at. We're all being transformed. So the major point of why we want to engage in discipleship, if we're all being transformed, I want to put you know my, my vote into being transformed in the way that Jesus is calling us to and the way that he's already gone before us to do that. I love, if we use the metaphor that Bruce has brought to us, if we're playing the game, we're already playing the game of life. The only choice is how we're going to play it. And we want to do everything as unto the Lord, so we want to do it well. And the second point is this. To play in the game, we need to have had the training to do so. Now, God has given each and every one of us dreams and talents. How many of you, if you could just for a moment, think on a dream that God has given you? Think on a talent that you just wish you could do or that you know God's called you to do. That's not going to happen without the process of discipleship. It's, we, you can't go and run the marathon unless you've actually done the training for the marathon. So he's given us so many dreams and talents and giftings to be used for the building and extending of his kingdom. We've been set apart. Each and every one of us has gifts. So even if you don't know gifts and dreams and talents, spend some time around with people that are going to call those out of you. But we've been set apart before we're born. That's what Galatians 1.15 tells us. We have a, you have a unique assignment that God is calling you to. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. And at one point, it might have seemed that there was like a focus that the pastors or the people that preach or the people that lead worship were the ones that were called of God. They're the ones that were going to do everything. But I would like to suggest that it's the body of Christ, his church, that need to walk into the destiny that God has for us individually. And that's where we're going to see transformation of the kingdom of God here. I love our mission as a church. I don't know if you know our mission statement, but this is what it is. Christian Christian fellowship in Upper Hutt is a church family committed to and calling others to a journey of faith in which God's kingdom, life, and power transforms individuals and families as they work together building a community. If you don't catch anything else in this three-week series that we've done on discipleship, this this is what I want you to catch. The transformation of God's kingdom life to take place, for that transformation to happen, we have to engage this process of being a disciple. We as a church are committed to this as well. We want to continue moving in this journey. So the first major step that we're going to take is we're going to have a discipleship workshop. It's going to be, I think, not this week, but the following week. Um, We're going to put home groups on pause for just one week, and we're going to have, so it's Monday the 3rd through Thursday the 6th of November. It's going to be 730 to 9. So instead of going to home group that week, what you would just do is come along, choose a night that you can go along to. And what we're going to be doing, we're going to focus on some of the learning styles that we talked about. Find out what's the best way we can learn, and we might do a spiritual gifts assessment as well to focus on what are some strengths that you have. And then more so than that, because many of you might have done that stuff before, we want to come together in community and start pooling our strengths together to say, oh, you're good and prophetic, really cool. So what are you doing that's making you successful and growing even more so in that? We'll break into small groups and start trying to encourage one another on what your strengths are. We'll also look for more opportunities that we can do as a corporate body to build up some of those strengths. We as an eldership understand the value of discipleship as a journey. And we also understand the joy that we have to see the kingdom of God bring transformation to our city and our nation. I don't think there's a more exciting passage of scripture than in Matthew 28, verse 19, where he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We are so excited, and I am personally excited about the future and our call to engage in this journey of discipleship. I really, really believe that this is the key to unlock transformation in our society. It can be so easy in our life to get bogged down with the things of, you know, your marriage might not be working or whatever the case might be happening. And we get so self-focused in what it is. But I think the key to that is engaging in this process of being a disciple. I I hope that I can leave you with the thought of, you know, my my drumming story. That we don't want to be caught having to play Silent Night when you're not prepared to play Silent Night. And so that's just the picture I'd like to leave you with this morning, is as you're moving throughout your week and throughout your, your journey with us this week and on into the coming months and years, because being a disciple isn't about a three-week series, but it's about who we are. If you can think about, do we want to be ready to do the things that God has called us to do? So that's just what I would like to encourage you with this morning. And I would love to pray for you all, and then I'll invite Bruce up after that just to wrap us up. And just um, as we seal our hearts in this time. Father, I thank you so much that you are such a good God. Lord, I thank you that you're so, you're so merciful to us, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you're not worried about what our neighbor is doing or what the elders are doing, Father God, or what the president is doing, Jesus. But you're worried about where we are and how we're doing with you. Lord, right now I speak to the dreams and the talents and the things that you've placed inside the heart of each and every person here, Father. Lord, I ask that you would bring it to fruition, but I pray that we would honor you with engaging in the process of being a disciple of you, Jesus. Lord, we want to painstakingly apply everything that you are and and be a student of you in that regard. Lord, we want to wholeheartedly dedicate ourselves to you to be trained up, knowing that you're going to use us. Father, we want to be a devotee of you. We want to be a follower of you. We want to know everything there is to know about you, Jesus. Lord, we also want to move in the way that you've already made for us. We want to walk behind the king of kings who's paved a path for us that is so secure, knowing that you're never going to leave us and that you're never going to forsake us. Lord, I pray that you would just, I just thank you that you're so sovereign, Father. There's no one else that I'd rather worship. There's no one else I'd rather spend time with, Jesus. Lord, we just bless your mighty name as we walk out of here, disciples, Jesus. We're Christians, but even more so, we walk out as disciples. Lord, bless our week this week in your mighty, mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Bruce.